Great to be with you again this morning. Uh, many of you know I'm from England originally, so growing up we were very fortunate we got to vacation in some places like France and Spain and Italy, and I know that sounds incredibly glamorous and exciting, but the reality is, as far as distance goes, that wasn't much difference than living here in Illinois and getting to go places like Nebraska, Ohio, Florida. But for us, when we would travel these short distances, they would take us to, to brand new countries with different architecture, different culture, different languages. I can remember in my late teens, I think early 20s, maybe going on a trip, just me and some of my friends to Italy. It was summer and it was a beach vacation. It was just so good to, to get away in the sunshine, get to this brand new place we'd never been to before. I remember laying out by the pool one day with my friends and uh, we weren't sure what time it was. None of us had watches on. Um, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, why don't you just check your phone? Well, obviously, that wasn't an option. This was back in the 1900s. Um, our phones at those points, at that point, was on a wall in our house. Um, so none of us had watches. So my friend, who was pretty brave, none of us spoke Italian. Uh, he thought, I know, I'll, I'll ask one of the locals here what the time is. So uh, he kind of got brave, and uh, he knew a little bit of Italian. And that was the word scusi, which is excuse me. And uh, he saw a lady coming walking towards him who was wearing a watch. So uh, as we're all watching on, pretty impressed at my friend's bravery, he kind of tapped to his empty wrist and said, uh, uh, scusi? And she just carried walking right on by, didn't pay any attention to him at all. He was so embarrassed and we laughed. And, and it's actually something that's lived on for years and years amongst my friends. Now, anytime we're out and about, if there's one of those moments where someone goes to say something and the other person doesn't hear them or uh, the other person doesn't catch that they're talking to them, we, we all kind of look and laugh and say, excuse uh, Because it takes us back to that moment. You know, you're probably sitting here thinking, Dave, why are you talking about being in a foreign country or being on vacation? We can't go anywhere right now. I know, I feel your pain. I, I want to travel. I want to go and see places. Where do you want to go right now? Maybe you could drop something down in the, the chat feature there and just tell us, is there somewhere that, man, when, when you're free to travel again, this is where I want to go. Maybe for you, it'll be Europe. I want to go somewhere overseas. Maybe it's Florida or California or the beach. Maybe for some of you, it's just Best Buy. I just want to go somewhere. I want to go to a restaurant where I can sit down and eat. Because it's just great, isn't it, to go somewhere different? You know, last Sunday, we talked about the fact that the Israelites, they got to go somewhere very different as well. They got to experience a, a new culture and a new language and a new country. But, but sadly, theirs wasn't by choice. This wasn't a vacation for the Israelites. If you were listening last week, you'll remember we talked about the fact that um, thousands of years ago, five or six hundred years before the birth of Jesus, the Babylonians, they came and they conquered Jerusalem. They conquered Israel. And they took captive all of the Israelites and took them back to Babylon. They destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. They destroyed the palace. They destroyed the walls. Everything that the people of Israel knew as home was gone. Their whole world was turned upside down. And they found themselves in this unknown place, this foreign place. You know, many of us can kind of relate to that right now, can't we? It feels like our world has been turned upside down. 
And as followers of Jesus, I hope, like me, that you're using this as an opportunity to, to examine your relationship with God. To take a look at life in this new upside-down world in the same way that the Israelites did when their world was turned upside-down. You see, for us, things are different. We're not able to connect like we used to on a Sunday morning. We're not able to gather together and worship, to see our friends, to connect with one another, to do life with other followers of Jesus. And, and it's different, isn't it? Life is different. Last week, I left you with a challenge to ask this question. What does following Jesus look like in my upside-down world? I hope you've been thinking about that over this last week. What does it look like to follow Jesus in this new upside-down world? Because maybe during this time, God's wanted to do something new in your life. We need to look for him and say, God, what is it that you want to do? You see, for the Israelites, this is exactly where they found themselves, in this brand new place. For the first time ever, they didn't have something physical with them that represented the presence of God, and they were scared. Growing up, one of my kids had a, uh, a stuffed animal that was uh, just the, the favorite stuffed animal. They just didn't want to go anywhere without it. They slept with it all the time. If we went on trips, this stuffed animal, it was a, a German shepherd, little stuffed animal, it would come with us wherever we went. I can remember one time we went on a trip, I think we were going to Wisconsin Dells, and I mean, we were way into the trip. We were, we were definitely in Wisconsin. We were outside of Illinois, and a little voice from the back of the van cries out, Mom, Dad, you did remember to bring my stuffed animal, didn't you? And there was that moment of horror where Casey and I looked at each other in the front and we both realized we'd forgotten the stuffed animal. So as parents do, we kind of got creative and, and we said, actually, um, we decided, we've decided to leave the stuffed animal at home because we need a good German shepherd to, to protect the house. So uh, he's back there on your bed and he's keeping everyone safe back at the house. And of course, all you parents out there know that didn't work at all within seconds once the realization was there that the stuffed animal wasn't in the van there was these cries from the back of the van we tried everything to console this this sad little child of ours we tried to reason with them we we said we'd buy him a new stuffed animal we said things like it's gonna be okay stop crying you're 16 years old come on pull yourself together I'm just kidding, they were a little bit younger than that. But, but this, this was traumatic because they, they, they had never been anywhere without this stuffed animal. Some of you parents watching right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a, a, a blankie or a stuffed animal or a pacifier or something that you know if you leave the house and you forget it, there's going to be trouble. You see, for the Israelites... That's kind of how they felt, that fear, that, that disruption. Because for the very first time, they were in a new place without the security of what they once knew. You see, the presence of God for the Israelites had always been a physical thing up till this point. When they left Egypt, they were in the, the wilderness and they were given by God the Ark of the Covenant and that went with them throughout the wilderness and that, that literally represented the presence of God. The presence of God was right there in the Ark of the Covenant. 
Under the leadership of Joshua, they went into the promised land and the ark went with them into this new land that would one day be their own. King David conquered the city of Jerusalem and he brought the ark back into the city. The presence of God was now in the city with them. Then King David's son, Solomon, he built a temple in the middle of the city to house this Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was now in the temple. The presence of God had physically gone with them and dwelled in this place from the Ark to the city to the temple. And then along come the Babylonians and destroy everything. They burned down the temple and the Israelites had to be asking themselves, did the presence of God get burned up with the temple? Did it leave us? Because like that child of mine, for the very first time, they were in a strange place, a new place. And what was once with them was with them no more. But soon, they found out that God was still with them. He was still with them in miraculous ways. You'll be familiar with a a couple of these names. A guy by the name of Daniel. Daniel in captivity here, taken from Israel to Babylon. Wouldn't compromise his faith. Wouldn't give up on what he believed about God. And it cost him dearly. Because of this, he was was thrown into a, a lion's den to be killed. But God was with Daniel in the lion's den. God closed the mouths of the lions and kept him safe. There were some more men by the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up for God, and as a result, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And God showed up for them. God showed up for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and God showed up for Daniel. God was with them in the furnace. He kept them safe. Not even a hair on their head was singed, we are told. And listen to the impact this had on those who experienced this. Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king at the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, verses 28 and 29. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. There is no other God Who can rescue like this? So we've got the Israelites whose world is now upside down. They've been taken from Jerusalem. They're now captives in Babylon. But they stand strong in their faith. They trust God that he's with them. Even though up till now, the only way they could understand God was was in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant and the temple. And they discover that right there in the lion's den and the fiery furnace, God is still with them. And not only is he still with them, He's using these situations, their faith, to reach the people of Babylon, changing the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. I wonder if for you and for me this morning, if if being in this this upside-down world that we find ourselves in right now, if one of the things God wants to do is just to use us to reach people who don't know him. That as we choose to to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus through these, these shaking times, that it would inspire others to seek faith in Jesus themselves. In fact, maybe that's why you're watching this morning. Maybe you're here online watching this morning. It's one of your very first times here with us at Connect. 
You're not yet a follower of Jesus, but you're intrigued. You, you want to know more about this because maybe you've got friends or family or neighbors and, and you've seen that there's something different about the way they carry themselves through this. And you want to know what it is. What is it in these people that, that gives them the hope and the peace, the joy and the comfort through these crazy upside-down times? But that's not the only thing the Israelites learned in this time of exile, being away from their home. They're in this this upside-down time, and they discover that God still wants to talk to them. You see, God was still speaking to the Israelites. He was actually speaking to them through prophets. There were these men of God, these prophets, and and God would send messages to them to deliver to the people of Israel. They're written down so we can read these messages ourselves. We can find them in the Old Testament, in the, the, the first part of the Bible. In fact, last week, uh, I was telling the story about the Israelites being captured and taken into exile and uh, imprisoned by the Babylonians. And I actually got a really cool text on Sunday afternoon from a parent here at Connect. And she said, hey, my son was watching uh, this morning and he recognized that story you were talking about. He'd just read about that himself in the Bible. So he knew about the Israelites being taken away by the Babylonians. I texted back. I said, that's awesome. I said, I'm going to talk about it some more next week. Who do you think I should talk about? Ask him who he thinks I should talk about next week. And the mum replied, she said, I asked him, and he says he thinks you should talk about this prophet. And it was brilliant. So she actually sent me a video of him talking about uh, a particular story that this prophet told to share with the people of Israel. And I'd like him to tell you that story this morning. So I'd like to turn over now to the uh, future pastor of Connect Church, Mr. Luke Mahoney. I forget the guy's name, but he tell God teleports him somewhere and stuff, and then he tells him to call out to the to some battlefield, and he tells him to call out the bones to make them come back to life, and then they come back to life, and um, then he God teleports them back. And um, and um, then he tells the people of Israel that if he can bring bones back to life, then he can certainly bring bring Israel back. Thank you, Luke. Great story, all about Ezekiel there. I loved how you you reminded us that Ezekiel was teleported uh, by God to where he had to be. In fact, I've actually found some more video of that actually taking place. Check this out. Beam me aboard. Bridge, we got him through. Okay, so maybe it wasn't quite like that, but but you were right, Luke. We read that Ezekiel had this dream, and in this dream, God took him to this place. And in this place, he saw this huge valley of dry bones. And God spoke to Ezekiel, and he said, watch, I'm going to bring life into these bones. I'm going to put flesh on these bones. I'm going to raise them up. And in this dream, Ezekiel sees all of this take place. And then God explains to Ezekiel what the dream means because he has to then communicate the meaning of this dream to the people of Israel. 
We can read about it in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 11 through 14. Then he said to me, God speaking to Ezekiel, then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we've become old, dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, because God wanted Israel to know he's still with them, he's still speaking to them. Oh my people, I will open your graves of exile and I will cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Wow, what a great prophecy to hear from God in the midst of captivity, in the midst of exile. God saying, you will go back. Keep hope alive. Thank you, Luke. You were spot on there with that particular story. And, you know, we've been talking this week, myself and Whitney and Ashley, who are over Connect Kids, and um, we want to do something really special. So, Luke, you're awesome. You, you read that story in your Bible. You were exactly right. It fit in perfectly today. Any of you parents out there, I know right now you're, you're wearing many hats. Some of you are uh, uh, working, you're also uh, looking after the house, and now you're teachers as well, you're helping your kids with all their schoolwork. And for some of you, because we don't get to meet on a Sunday morning like this, you're also their Sunday school teachers and their Connect Kids teachers. So we want to do something special for all of you parents out there. This is for anyone watching, any parent who's got uh, a child this morning. We have some Bibles that are especially for kids that we would love to give away. We want to give away Bibles to any parent this morning, anyone who thinks it would be um, great for their kids to be able to read, like Luke read in his Bible, some of these stories for themselves. So if you're interested, super easy, just email bible at connectwashington.org. Bible at connectwashington.org. Let us know you want one. Whitney or Ashley, they'll connect with you. They'll find out uh, where you live, get it to you. But we've got these Bibles, and we would love to get them into the hands of, of as many kids as possible. So through Ezekiel, the Israelites, they've been given this hope that one day they would return. That this upside down world wasn't going to last forever. And isn't that a great message for us to think about this morning? It'd be great to cling to that promise ourselves where we say, God, we want, to, we want to jump on the back of that promise as well. We want, to, we want to accept that hope that you gave to the people of Israel that one day our upside down world will go back to the way it was. As followers of Jesus, we look forward to the day where we'll return to gathering here in this building on a Sunday morning together, worshipping together. But you know what? Luke, that wasn't the only prophet that spoke to Israel at this time. So yeah, Ezekiel spoke to them and gave them hope that they would one day return. But another prophet by the name of Jeremiah he spoke to them as well, and God gave another message, not a different message, another message to go with Ezekiel's message to deliver to the people of Israel. Listen to what Jeremiah said to the people of Israel in exile in their upside-down world. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 7. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes. Plan to stay. Plant gardens. 
Eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. He said to them, settle down. Get married. Pray for your city. Pray for this new place that you find yourself in. Don't waste this time. You're here for a reason. Ezekiel had given them the promise that one day they would return, but now Jeremiah, God speaking to them through Jeremiah, saying, yes, yes, one day you will return, but right now there are still things to be done. Settle, get married, live your lives. Accept where you are right now and find me in it. I think God was saying to the Israelites, don't miss what I can do in you and through you while you are here. Don't miss what I can do in you and through you while you are here. Some of you are looking back to how it was, wishing you could be back there. Some of you are looking ahead for the day when you'll one day return. But God wants to say to them right there through Jeremiah, don't miss what I can do in you and through you while you are here. And I think that might also be the message from God to us this morning. A message of hope saying one day we will return, but but also a challenge to say, I want to do something new in your life in the meantime. Maybe something that I could only have done in the lives of the Israelites while they were in exile. Something I could only do in your life while you find yourself in this this lockdown, this social isolation, this, this place that you find yourself in right now. You know, there's a lot of pressure building right now, isn't there? If you've been watching the news or social media of any sort. And, and I want to caution you, because as followers of Jesus, I think we need to be really careful not to get caught up in some of this. You see, there are a lot of people who have very opposing views right now. Some who think, you know, we've got to stay in place and stay safe and stay inside longer. And then there are others who are, no, we've got to get out and we've got to get back to work and we've got to get the economy moving again. And, and honestly, I can see the logic And the wisdom in both of those. And they're both difficult extremes on either side. And and I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong. But what I am saying this morning is if we focus too much on either of those, we could miss what God wants to teach us in the middle of this time. Let's not get caught up in some of these and miss what God wants to do in us and through us while we are here. If you're consumed right now by by any of those things, you could miss the very lessons that God wants you to learn right now at this time in your life in this upside upside down world. Because this season, it will pass. So let's not miss what God is up to in this season. Because listen to what God continues to say to the people of Israel through Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verse 10, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. Now, I'm not saying that's the word of God for us this morning also. I know for some of you this morning, you're like, man, 70 days is too much for me. But Jeremiah says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you 
all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. God is promising them in this moment, this upside down world, it's temporary. He will bring them home again. And then listen to what he says next in Jeremiah 29, 11. And some of you are going to recognize this as soon as I start to read it. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you have got that printed out or in a plaque or it's on your fridge because you love that verse. And it's a great verse, but, but the reality is that verse was written initially for the people of Israel who were in exile, in captivity. And God was saying, you're going to be here for 70 years. You're going to be here uh, for a season. But I know the plans I have for you. There are plans coming for good, not disaster, to give you future and a hope. This is temporary, so don't miss out on what I'm doing in you and through you at this time. And we can look back in the Bible and in history and know that the prophet Jeremiah was right. Because 70 years later, the Israelites went back to Jerusalem. They rebuilt the walls. They returned home. God was with them before. He was with them in Babylon. And he was with them when they returned. Then hundreds of years later, he was with them in person through Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth and God was with mankind in person through Jesus. And Jesus lived an incredible life and taught some amazing things and performed miracles and impacted the lives of thousands of people. But ultimately, he was here for one reason and one reason only. And that was to give up his life for you and for me. In fact, there was a, a conversation that John records that took place between Jesus and his disciples where he was trying to kind of hint to them that the time was, was quickly approaching where he was going to have to leave them to go back to the Father. And the disciples were begging, please, Jesus, stay. And he said, listen, if I stay, God can't send the Holy Spirit to be with all of you. I need to go so that he can come. And when Jesus left this earth, 40 days later, the Holy Spirit came and now God, through the Holy Spirit, can be with all of us at all times. The presence of God is, is available to every one of us. And it wouldn't be were it not for Jesus being willing to give up his life. So we're actually going to pause for a moment this morning just to acknowledge and remember that, the great price that Jesus paid. Every month at Connect, we take communion together. Normally we're gathered in a room together. Right now people would be moving forward to start giving out trays that would have uh, a cracker, a piece of bread, and a, a cup of juice. But we can't be together right now. But we are together watching online this morning. So if you've had a chance to prepare for this and, and grab some crackers or some bread, maybe a glass of wine or a cup of juice or something. I, I want us all to join together this morning taking communion. If you feel comfortable at home where you are right now, watching us, joining us in communion, I'd love for us to be able to take communion together as a church. So as a family, I hope you're sat together now as a couple. Maybe it's just you by yourself right now, but you're not alone because Jesus is right there with you. If you have the bread, just, just go ahead, break off a little bit of bread. 
We're going to take this together right now as I pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you came and you died and you rose again. That God, your Holy Spirit came and and dwells among us. Just like in the Old Testament, how your presence dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant. Your presence dwelt in the city of Jerusalem, in the temple. Now, Lord, your presence can dwell in every one of us through the Holy Spirit. But for him to come, Lord, Jesus had to die. And we just thank you, Jesus, so much for making that sacrifice for us. If you've got a drink, go ahead and take that right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for us. Thank you, Jesus, for the huge sacrifice you paid for every one of us when you gave up your life died and rose again. Lord, we can have a relationship with you because of that. We are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, let me close out with just one last thought here this morning. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of finding God in the midst of our upside-down world. The Israelites, they were taken out of what they knew to be normal and everything was turned upside down when they were in captivity in Babylon. Our, our world feels like it's upside down right now. I was talking to some friends last Sunday night just about this message and I, I suddenly had this thought as we were talking. What if, what if this isn't upside down? What if God is wanting to teach some of us in this period what's the right way up? Maybe for some of us, the way our lives were before everything changed, that was upside down. And God needed to bring us here. Maybe it's, it's some quality time with family, game nights with the kids, pressing pause and just having some, some time alone for yourself, whatever it may be. Maybe this is the right way up. And the way it used to be was upside down. But whatever it is, don't miss In this season, don't miss what God wants to do in you and through you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much um, for all that you're teaching us at this time. Lord, we stand on the promise this morning of Jeremiah that um, there are great plans, plans for a future and a hope, and and we look forward to that. But in the meantime, Lord, I pray like the the Israelites that we would settle into this time and accept that you have us here and that there is something you want to do in our lives while we are here and not miss what you want to do, what you want to say, because we are looking back at the past or we're anxious for the future. Lord, just help us to embrace the present and find you in our present right now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.